So let's talk about this movie. Diamonds Are Forever. Seventh, seventh Bond film, Lucky Seven. Connery's last appearance in a, in a Eon Bond production. Right. What many would say his final appearance as Bond, because there are a lot of people who only believe that the, the only legitimate Bond films are EON productions. Right. I don't, I'm not in that camp. And we no. also, we, one thing, we also got some email, John, about people who were asking if we were going to be talking about uh, the other Bond movie that came out uh, kind of before this one. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Were you really, people emailed about that? Yes, I got a couple really? emails. Uh, so I had the idea. We should talk about that real quick yeah. before even Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. That that we should do them all in order chronologically. Like we'll we'll do Never Say Never Again after I forget what eighty three was, but before Octopussy. Right. You know, nineteen eighty five had two James Bond movies: Never Say Never Again in the summer, and then Octopussy and. Or no, no, no. no it's it after Octopus. No, Octopus, Never Say Never Again, and A View to a Kill. And A View to a Kill was the last Roger Miller. Right. But they came out in the same year, a couple months apart. We'll do those in chronological order. Right. But we sort of, if we're going to do that, if we we're going to include the 1967 Casino Royale, we already missed it chronologically. Yeah. And I thought maybe we'd fit it in. Ends up, that's the only James Bond movie on Netflix streaming. So I'm glad you watched it. So it is on Netflix streaming. You can watch it for free. But I, it oh. is so bad. Oh, man. It is so atrociously bad that I can't even include it. And I, I really don't even want to say I encourage people to no, watch it. I would say don't watch this. Right. Maybe fi- if you have Netflix, maybe <laughs> fire it up as a curiosity for free <laughs> right. just to see how serious I am about this. Right. Like if, 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 you, if you're really looking for something to do and, you know, even you, if I would say watch Biggest Loser before this. It doesn't make any sense. It's the weirdest, strangest, most ponderous, poorly done. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's really hard to believe. And they've got great people in it too. But Unbelievable every, cast. Oh, Unbelievable waste so of talent. They've got John Houston. <laughs> they've got Orson Welles as the bad guy, Le Chiffre. He's only in for like 10 minutes. Uh, Peter Sellers. Uh, it, it, and it, it doesn't make sense. You know what it reminds me of watching it? I watched it a couple of days. It reminds me of what it was like when I was like a real little kid. I mean, we're talking like, I don't know, as early as I can remember, four or five, maybe six, and watching like like an adult an adult movie. Not not a dirty movie, you know, but uh, like a movie with a real plot. Right, something for grownups. And it just doesn't make sense. Or like you'd, you'd like stay tuned and like you'd stay up late or you're sick or something and like your mom would let you watch Columbo. Right. And it just didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. What, what my what my three year old son calls a daddy show, right? It just doesn't even make any sense. You you don't even know what the hell's going on. You see that they're speaking English, but you, I, I don't understand <laughs> it's why did they cut? To follow. It's impossible to follow. It it made me feel like an imbecile. Like what what is going on here? It is so unbelievably bad. bad. Can't include it. It it is unbelievable. It's not. Let's let's just go on record and say it's not even a Bond film. No, they and talk, it, they I, I would James honestly Bond, say I mean it. this with no hyperbole whatsoever. That it is, I think that the worst major motion picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is the worst. It is unbelievably bad. I had to skip around. I skipped at least an hour of it. Oh God, I, I did too. I, I just skipped and went to where Orson Welles was, and, and uh, 
He's great. I mean, he's he's absolutely great. And, well, you hear his voice earlier, don't you? You, I, yeah, I yeah, skipped I that part. I don't know. God, it was horrible. Bad. Unbelievable. Bad. Oh. So no, we just wanted to mention that and to right. tell people, please don't email about that. Please right. don't email us to tell us that you agree with us and how bad it is. And please don't email if you think it was great. We just don't want to talk about it. And it's not bad like on Her Majesty's Secret Service was yeah. bad. That was just a bad movie. Oh, and was, I got I, I did get an email about The Kilt, that uh, your favorite scene from yeah, – And a puffy shirt. Yeah. Uh, apparently some somebody wrote in to say that a black kilt – is the kind of kilt that anybody can wear. Meaning, I guess you don't have to be, you don't have to be a true, maybe yeah. you don't have to be a true Scotsman or you don't have or to have a certain a, clan or clan or clan McLeod or whatever. You don't have to be that. One of those differences between Scotland and the U S you yeah. say you're in the clan in the U S that means something else. Right. So this is, this is the black kilt. Anyone can put that on. Yeah. Bad movie. All right, Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. Oh, by the way, I saw that movie you like. Which one? The Hangover. Oh, would you like that? I love that movie. It's fantastic. I thought it was great. And it is. To, I and you. I, were you saying on Twitter to somebody you were you were saying that it is it is one of those movies? No, I wrote on Daring Fireball. What did you? Scott Key linked to it. Oh, that's right. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies, but it's it is it is exactly the type of movie you think it is. But it's so much better done than all the other, yeah. almost every other movie in that genre. Yeah, I couldn't, but like I was, I couldn't believe I liked it. Right, but I did. Right. It is. It's. It's like you know a, a good analogy would be uh, to Star Wars, like where all of the other space operas beforehand were were like those old Flash Gordon serials yeah. and Plan Nine from Outer Space, yeah. and the whole idea of like. Uh, guys in spaceships with laser guns. There was such an atrocious genre, and then somebody went and made one that was good. That's what The Hangover is. Yeah. It's, it's that to the maybe not quite that that uh, historic, but that's what it's like to that genre of uh, people getting drunk and doing incredibly politically incorrect things. <laughs> okay, so let me uh, let me quote Danny per- Perry Peary. He's an American film critic, sports writer, and I, I've, I was doing some research on this uh, this Bond. And uh, he, he wrote, I mean, this, this movie, Diamonds Are Forever. Interesting, different reviews, a lot of different reviews on this. And uh, this is what Danny, Danny Perry says. This is one of the most forgettable movies of the entire Bond series, and that until Blofeld's reappearance, we must watch what is no better than a mundane diamond-smuggling melodrama without the spectacle we associate with James Bond. The Las Vegas setting isn't exotic enough. There's little humor. Assassins Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wint are similar to characters you'd find on The Avengers, but not nearly as amusing. And the trouble Bond gets into, even Maxwell Smart could escape. That's his review, man. Yeah. So the the upside is Connery is back. And I remember making, I'm reading my notes that I was writing down, and I think about 15 or 20 minutes into it, I wrote down, is it, as a serious question, is is this the best Bond movie so far? Is this not the best Bond movie so far? And I think about 40 minutes into it, I wrote down, I think this is one of the worst Bond movies mm. I've ever seen. But the first half hour, first 20, 30 minutes are are really good yeah i love the pre-title sequence it's almost like they they took like a idea that could have been just a whole movie and just did it in two minutes james bond hunting down blowfield yeah. around the world yeah 
and uh, and they're cutting from you know one exotic location to another, and he's only there for twenty seconds, and he's he's just a total hard ass. Just he's he's beating people up, he's fighting in casinos, he's hitting women. Where's Blofeld? Where's Blofeld? Where's Blofeld? And he finds him and kills him. Or so he thinks. Right. But it was Pretty great. Con- Connery comes back, and, and the nice thing about this is they don't waste any time. They don't make any jokes. Or, right. You know, it just, no mention. It's like the other one didn't even happen. Right. It's like it didn't even happen. Yeah, no wasted time. Blofeld's cool lair is back again. And who does? I mean, every, from now on, I always want to keep a little metal mousetrap in my pocket. <laughs> that was great. What a great move that yeah. was. Yeah. That's, that's such a great move. It's so cool. <laughs> and, and that who, was like hardcore. There was blood coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. It was nasty. That was great. Got superheated mud. And I think, I think uh, you need to get Shirley singing to make it a, a really epic Bond movie. I mean, Goldfinger. And, and I actually think that the theme song for Diamonds Are Forever is probably one of the, just the way that she sings it. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's a classic song. Yeah, it's good. She can't do a bad song. Yeah. Was this the first Bond intro with nudity? I don't know. Because no, the, Goldfinger the, had it. It did? Well, I thought, yeah. I didn't know if they really showed anything, though, in the Goldfinger intro. Yeah, I don't know. This one did, definitely did. And what are the what font are the credits set in in this? Uh, future. Yeah. The, was that I a think, first? I think so. I think it was the only one. Eventually, they soon switch uh, to uh, Helvetica, yeah. and they stick with Helvetica for, I think, like 20 years. Right, for like till the 80s, right? Yeah, I think like the Roger Moore ones all use Helvetica. Now, what's also interesting is Futura is also used for labeling the diamonds when Bond is getting his little diamond lesson at yeah. the intro. It goes right from the credits, which are in Futura, to... The uh, now, do you think that was more a result? Because wasn't this movie seventy one? Do you think yeah, that was more a, a result of the time, and that that was a popular font, or was it not? Or typeface? I Sorry, I don't know. Look good. It was nice. Yeah. Still, you know, it's sort of like bridging the gap between the sixties and the seventies. Now, okay, so why are uh, are Mister Wint and Mister Kid so ridiculous, so campy? I don't know. I don't know. Like, what did that add to the movie? Having I don't it be know. Campy? I think it. I think it really weakens the movie yeah. because they're they're not fearsome enough. No, they're they're yeah. It's it's. I don't know. There's something about them. I don't know. They, it was mishandled. They were gay in the source material in the novel because this yeah. is like one of the earlier novels. You read this um, one? Yeah. Um, and I feel like they wanted some, for whatever reason, they decided they'd keep that, that they're gay, but didn't know how to handle it. And so they made them silly. Right. But they're, you know, it, it was just in the novel, they were just two, two killers who've, who've worked with each other for years are known as some of the top assassins in the world. And, uh, you know, the, uh, apparently, supposedly, you know, never really comes up, you know, but that, you know, it's like in the background for who they are, that they're, that they're homosexuals with each other. Mm. Um, but not, they're not silly at all. They're, they're just sort of like creepy, creepy in the way that like paid assassins would be creepy, like creepy, scary. 
And I've, I don't know. Yeah. The movie, I really, I definitely one of the worst parts of the movie is that the, they're so, yeah, campy is the right word. And that just may, takes you out of the, they just never seem like a threat. No, they don't. They seem, and they're not, they're not quite bumbling like the cops were later in the, in the movie. They're not quite bumbling, but they're, they're, they, they don't seem, you know, for these guys are supposed to be the, the, the best assassins like in the world. They don't right. seem that effective. And I like how when they, they pick up the scorpion and they put it down the guy's shirt, he's instantly dead by the scorpion. Instantaneous. He's like he's bitten. He, oh, and he's just down. He's gone. It, there's no, you know, it's not like a slow, painful death. He, you know, there's no, it just, he's bit, he's gone. That didn't seem realistic. That was the whole thing. It's like every, all the scenes with them were just sort of, were just sort of campy. Not impressed with them. Yeah. Tiffany Case. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of Tiffany Case? I'm, I'm going to say you don't like her. No, I like her. I think she's one of the, I think she's a great Bond. I, I thought she, I mean, I thought she was great. I, yeah, I think she was, she was great. great. No, I, I mean, I read in some of the reviews that I was reading of this after I watched it, uh, there were some people who were saying that it was kind of like a one note performance, whatever. I thought she was great. Yeah, I thought she was great. Good character. Good character. Beautiful. Love the scenes at her, at her place in, uh, where was that? What country was she in? Amsterdam? Amsterdam in the beginning, yeah. Right. Love the scene where she first meets Connery. Love the next scene where he follows where that Peter uh, Peter, Peter Franks, Franks yeah. had busted out of prison and, and was going, and he had to fight him in that elevator. Good fight scene. Great and fight I love, scene. Love the uh, the wallet switcheroo, and she's like, "You killed James Bond." Love it because <laughs> that's the first time that she like loses her cool. Yeah, I like that fight scene though, and it's uh, a good fight scene. It's a good. It's a good. You know, close quarter fight scenes can be. Sometimes you know really exciting because there there's limited on what they can actually do in there, and uh, and this was a real good one. And I, I yeah. love how I love how Bonds he's faking the accent. I can speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's good. I like how the I like the ID card when when she IDs him as James Bond. It's a Playboy Club card. I know. I had that in my notes too. I love that. I said I I like how his James James Bond ID is for the Playboy Club. It's great. But Peter Franks is a badass. Yeah, he's he's a pretty cool guy. The thing is, you'll notice there there's a point in time where uh, Franks is is I, I I don't know if Bond was exactly in a chokehold or something like that. And Bond, I'm thinking his hand, the guy's hand is right in front of Bond's teeth, basically in front of his mouth. And I'm thinking, oh, he should bite him. But Bond would never bite somebody. No, even if he might get you know he might get killed. He's not going to fight dirty. He's not going right. to do something like, like I would never bite somebody's right. hand, even though he's trying to kill me. I would never bite a hand. Right. You know, he's more the judo chop style. What did you think of Plenty? A girl, Plenty. Uh, the Vegas girl. Funny. And, and I have to admit, it's kind of a funny, I lo, it's one of Jonas's favorite scenes is when that gangster's thrown <laughs> out of the window. Yeah. And he says, nice, nice I forget what he says, like, nice shot. And he's like, I didn't even know there was a pool down yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> but I don't understand the scene where Plenty dies. And she's in, she's at uh, Tiffany Case's house. Yeah, she's at her house. Vegas. They thought it was how, her. Right. But how did she? I, that doesn't make any sense. I was going to ask you that. How did she right. get there? Why was no. she there? How would she know? Yeah. There's no, absolutely. She didn't even know her name. No. No, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense make any at all. sense at all. Zero sense. 
Okay, so, so here's something we're going to point out. Tiffany Case has a great car. This is a red 1971 Ford Mustang Mach 1. It's called a Fastback. It's a, right. got a 429 Cobra Jet Ram Air engine, C6 automatic, trim rings, hubcaps, white sidewall tires, awesome car. Ford had a special deal with, uh, with the bond to all of the cars in this movie are Fords. And their deal went further and said that James Bond had to drive the car. Because in some movies he doesn't, you know, he'll he'll he drives his Aston Martin, or 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 he'll be in a car with the Bond girl and she'll be driving. But they had a thing that said he has to drive one, and they also uh, they also made sure that like all the police cars were were Fords. Everything was a Ford except a little uh, moon buggy. But I, that may have even been a Ford chassis, and that thing was capable of highway speeds in real life. Great but that was a great car. 71. That's when you start getting into muscle cars. Right. And a nice, you know, I think some people object to anything that Bond drives that isn't an Aston Martin. But it makes sense in the script, too. He wouldn't have had it. You know, he he came to Vegas on a, you know, it wasn't it. He didn't know where he was going in advance with the diamonds, you know, ends up in Vegas. He's not going to have the car. He's in the States. It's a great car. Yeah, I love that chase scene. I think the chase scene is classic. Great classic chase scene. I you know mean, what I noticed this time? I've seen this movie a lot the last couple of years, and I didn't notice it until till till this viewing. That during the chase scenes at night in downtown Old Vegas, the sidewalks are packed with spectators, like way more than than would be explained by whoa, something crazy is going on. The cops <laughs> are chasing that Mustang. Like clearly, people had realized there was a movie being oh, shot. Yeah. And that, you know, they got like the permits to get the cars off the street, but just all the regular casino customers had piled out onto the sidewalks. Like there were hundreds of people on the sidewalk watching, you know, the, the Mustang and the cop cars tear down the street. It's the sort of thing you'd never see in a movie today. Overall, though, is that what Vegas is like today? No, the well, now even downtown Vegas doesn't look like that anymore. I mean, when people go to Vegas today, they're out in the Strip, and the Strip, and well, nineteen seventy one, it was starting to grow, but that's that's downtown Vegas. That's like what Vegas used to be. Did you have a favorite scene in this movie? I think it's the opening. My favorite, my favorite part. Is where I think it goes downhill. I think it goes downhill at the end. I, it's again, it just the basic formula where the first hour is good and the second hour is too cockamamie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it gets it does it even worse. It's even worse. Too much cockamamie. Yeah. I mean, the Mister Wint and Mister Kid today, nowadays, they yeah. wouldn't be assassins. They'd just be Ubuntu guys. Yeah, Mister Kid. Who's the big one? The big dopier looking one. Did that's uh, that's Mister. Mr. Kid. Kid, yeah, yeah, he he, in terms of what he looks like, was what was great because he, you could imagine him as a creepy killer, yeah, uh, more like a serial killer, yeah, yeah. And there was way just too much cockamamie, just too many, too many times you're asked to believe things that are just ridiculous. Like the the whole Blofeld has a bunch of doubles who yeah, all look exactly the same. Silly, it, you know, it's too, it's too silly. Uh, and how would he? How would he have so much trust in the Blofeld doubles that they're not going to double cross him and say they're Blofeld? Right, and you know, like uh, I like I love Professor Doctor Metz. One title is not enough for this guy. They can't I do go like Doctor Metz. Metz is good. Professor Doctor Metz. That's a see, and I like that scene. 
I like that. That was scene I was where, gonna say. That's one of my favorite scenes. That's a good scene. That, yeah. See, that's classic Bond. Yeah, that's that's good Connery. You know, that's the type of thing that that like Roger Moore could couldn't pull off. Right. That scene where he's just pretending to be a a, a scientist. Right. Uh, but like with Wind and Kid. Um. All right. So the first time they try to kill Bond and they try to burn him up in the in the uh, coffin, I can honestly believe that. Where if they've knocked him out. Instead of even shooting him or anything, just stuff him in a coffin and burn him up. And if because if they're sick enough, it's almost worse to think you know they, they might you know get off on the idea of of maybe he'll wake up while he's burning alive. Um, but like when Blofeld sends him down the elevator, and they take him and uh, knock him out, and then they just leave him in a pipe, and the construction guys bury him under the ground, but don't notice that there's a human body in the pipe. And he's not dead. Yeah, he's, he's just hurt. hanging out in there. Right. They didn't shoot him or anything. No. Like, why wouldn't they just shoot him before they bury him? It, it made, yeah, it makes no sense. And that, and that's, that became the whole joke. What did they think was going to happen to him? Well, how, he's did they be that, in the, how did they even think that he was going to die? So he's going to be in the tube and that little electronic, what was it, thing, an arc welder? I don't know. That thing yeah, that was, was going to, what, that was going to kill him? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't even make any sense. How or they that he'd, maybe he'd just starve down there forever. Right. At least be, when they buried him in the in the or they not buried him but tried to to have him cremated, you can see how, uh, you know, he would have died. Like if he had given them the real diamonds, he'd be dead. The only reason he wasn't killed was that he didn't give them the real diamonds. Uh, if he'd given them the real diamonds, he would have been burned alive in there. At least that makes sense. But when they left him in that pipe, it it, it doesn't even make any sense what they thought was going to happen. He didn't do anything clever. I mean, except maybe climb on top of the arc welder. But that doesn't seem like something that would kill you. It would give you like a shock or something. Really? Yeah, really I mean, he was so easy. Like at first he's running away from this thing like a chimpanzee in the tube. And then he just grabs the two wires and touches them. I'm thinking, right. you know, and, and yeah. I, I did like I did like when he pops up. I mean, it was predictable, but I did like when he pops up out of the tube and he's in his tux. And this was sort of reminiscent of uh, earlier movie. Which which one was he in the in the water? Was it was it Goldfinger? Or he's in the water in the wetsuit, pulls it off, tuxedo under there. Yeah, yeah. He does that, and he does that every time he goes skiing. Got a suit under there. Wikipedia says George Lazenby was originally offered a contract for seven, seven. Bond films. Yeah. I, that, that can't, I, I can't believe that seven. Yeah, but declined and left after just one. Under poor advice of his agent, apparently. Right. But the one that he did was like the worst at the box office. I can't believe uh, they must have. Do you think it would if he had if he had come back? Do you think they could have come back and done a second one with him, and it would have been better? Like if he had done this no. movie. No, I don't know. No, you know what? I can imagine him in it, and I think that it it it, it just shows you know the best. The, what made this movie good is was Connery, right? And he could, he made you get through the the. The cockamamie stuff. I feel like it just would have fallen apart with with Lazenby. Uh, yeah, so much at the end. Just uh, I don't know the body doubles and the 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 satellite with lasers, you know, and burning up missiles and just just too cockamamie. Yeah, it was silly. Yeah, like if 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 they could build a laser, if they had if they could build a satellite with a laser that destructive, why in the world wouldn't? the U S and Russia have satellites that could blow up their satellite with the laser. <laughs> right. 
It just doesn't really make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then the whole thing on the oil rig, it just seemed tedious. That was just a pain to watch. I totally lost interest in the movie at that point. It just point. seemed tedious. And that's the thing is that is that you want you want to care. And that this is the recipe for a good movie. Care about what's going on in the movie. Right. I couldn't care less at this point in the movie. Yeah, the Bond the Bond movies I really do feel like they, they tend to go downhill once you see henchmen in jumpsuits. <laughs> once once the more the more henchmen in jumpsuits you see, the the worse that they get. Yeah. It just gets tedious, you know. And yeah. maybe like once or twice early on when you just hadn't seen that before. But it, it, I don't know. It just seems like they get to a point in the screenplay, and then they're like, "And now we'll just, I don't know. Let's just figure out a way to get like twenty minutes of of extras and jumpsuits." Then know. the whole scene at the end with uh, Mister Kid and Mister Wind bringing them, bringing them the cake, and yeah, the, the whole thing with the weak. wine, and yeah, really weak. Yeah, and that doesn't make that didn't make weak. sense either. Either that didn't make sense either because why would the why would the timer on that bomb have been set to go off when right when it coincidentally when it hits the water? Or are you saying it triggered it? No, I think that the timer was up. But uh, why would Wint and Kid have sent the timer that short when they likely even if Bond hadn't figured out that they were there to that they were you know recognized the scent of the guy's cologne and realized who they were. They would if he hadn't if if their plot to kill Bond this way had gone off, uh, they would have still been there when that bomb went off. Yeah. You know, they were just they were still serving dinner. It went off like a you know thirty seconds after Bond uh, figured out who they were. Stupid. It's the worst. Yeah, why not just come in and shoot him? The crematorium, this is from Wikipedia, the crematorium sequence was the last portion of the film to be filmed using Connery in what would be his final scene in an EON-produced Bond film. The shots of Bond being incinerated in the coffin were filmed on Friday the 13th, August 1971. Mm-hmm. So his final scene for an EON Bond film, which I, you know, he probably thought was his last Bond, was Friday the 13th in a crematorium. It's time for a new bond. Yeah. So the uh, what do you call it? The uh, can't get this one on iTunes. What about the Willard White character? I thought he was pretty cool. You mean Jimmy Dean? Yeah, as sort of a very thinly veiled Howard, Howard Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, that's sort of a good idea. See, that's I, they didn't need any of the shit with the Blofeld having body doubles, but the idea of um, kidnapping. A recluse who yeah. people didn't see and no one would notice because he's a recluse is actually pretty clever. And and you might say, well, who would ever live like that? But Howard Hughes really did live like that. Howard Hughes lived at the top of the, I think it was the, the Desert Inn for three years and nobody saw him. He's up there surrounded with uh, his, you know his own urine. <laughs> That's actually pretty clever. Yeah. You know, they I feel like they had a good idea in there and they let it get away. Yeah. Because why in the world? Then they ruin it. Where is the real uh, uh, Willard Wint? He he's at his own house. Well, <laughs> how did they how did they keep him there for three years and nobody figured it, it out? Doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. There's so many. There's so many holes you could poke in this. Did you notice? Did you, I mean this is famous? This is one of those most famous. Uh, bloopers in movie history where the uh 
when the Mustang goes on two wheels to get through that narrow alley. Right. Yep. Yep. It comes out on the other two wheels. Yep. I almost feel like they had to have done that on purpose. No, I I, I don't think they did. I think they just had to do so many takes yeah. with it to get it right. Yeah. It's a good. That's a good. It's a good. Stunt. I just remember that particular stunt. When I was a kid growing up, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking, you know, maybe I was yeah. seven or eight. I remember, I remember watching this movie very specifically. Yeah. I've mentioned this before where most of these Connery ones and even the Moore ones, the ABC used to show them in like, it was either July or August, uh, like as a Sunday night movie. I remember watching this with my dad on ABC and I remember that stunt and thinking that's, that's a badass move. So cool. And, and I think this really set a bar. One thing that I think this movie did to really improve subsequent movies is that it, it really emphasized the importance of a really good car chase. Yeah. In the but past, they, in the past, I mean, we had car chases, but they were they were like you know like those guys that just go over the mountain and, and instantly explode after he passes them. You know, and that, this was like, okay, we can do something here. You know, hmm. uh, but then what about that stupid chase with the moon buggy? It was ridiculous with the arms it's embarrassing flailing to see Sean Connery in that. They should have brought George Lazenby back just for that scene. <laughs> it was terrible. Right. It was and again, it makes no sense. Like why in the world did Willard White have a fake moon landing lab at his, at that facility? Why were they, why, they, why they, did they have, why did they have men in spacesuits? Yeah. Why? What were they practicing? Yeah. And they're usually when they, when they practice like that, they're doing it outside. It just didn't, they're doing it in a water tank. Like if they had had them in a water tank, but you don't practice doing moon stuff right. in slow motion just in and a then, suit and in a, right. in a so then sound he's stage. in a silly car he's in a totally silly car the guys are chasing him on silly <laughs> three-wheelers and then ATVs, the way it was just yeah. shot it was just shots of guys going over jumps on three-wheelers and losing control but there wasn't any kind of like here's where they're chasing him to here's where he's going you know Unbelievable that it, that a, a pretty decent car chase scene with the with the Ford could be in a movie with with one of the worst chase scenes I've ever seen. You couldn't even call it a chase. It was like a grown men doing silly things in the desert. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> really, it's it's a testimony to how cool Connery is that it comes off as cool as it did. Yeah, barely. Yeah, I think you know. I, I, honestly. Honestly, I I think this was Connery's worst performance performance in a Bond movie. Or uh, you think it was his fault? Or you think it was? Nah, his, I don't think it was so much you can do with that yeah. much cockamamie. Yeah, I think it was. All, I think it was as much as you could do. And I keep I keep thinking I'm really looking forward to uh, Never Say Never Again because I really, as a kid, I really liked that Bond movie. As oh. a kid, <laughs> here's one of my notes. Bond Bond gets to the uh, oil rig at the end. Yeah. Uh Blofeld uh catches him again, doesn't kill him again. Uh Okay, so he does the tape switch rue, but then what's her name switches, switches him again. Back, yeah. him back. So that's a that's classic, you yeah. know, film drama. That's yeah. all right. And he's like, lock him in the brig. He locks him in the brig. And the brig is just like a janitor's closet <laughs> that literally has an unlocked hatch on the floor. 
like it's without so tying his hands, without handcuffing him, without even like giving him a beating. They just <laughs> close the door on a room that literally has an unlocked hatch. He just lifts it up. He doesn't have to break anything. <laughs> doesn't even seem heavy. <laughs> right. It's not electrified. Right. It's not even hot. It's not warm. Just open. That's the thing. It's like in real life. In real life, if if so, you know, if you're in a situation where you've got a, a nemesis, you want to beat the crap out of your nemesis, tie him up, gag him, maybe shoot, shoot him, him, just shoot and, him, and and kick him in, you know, into a, a thing of hot lava. You don't want to take any chances. You want to kill him ten ways, ten ways, right? If it's your nemesis. Or just throw him overboard if you don't even want to kill him. Even still, if you decide- though, I, I still, Telly uh, Savalas was a better Blofeld, but the best is still Donald Pleasance. Yeah, see, I disagree. I really do. I feel like Pleasance was too silly. I don't know. You I know, think- maybe we should add to the rotation, but maybe, maybe do them at the end. Is maybe add the Austin Powers movies? Yeah, we've got to. Maybe we'll do those after the Bond ones. We've got I don't to. Know. Might be that. Might be what has spoiled me on the Donald Pleasance. Yeah, if you hadn't seen Doctor Evil, then it, it would be great. He would be terrifying. Here's my favorite. My favorite line from the movie is is when uh, right before that chase scene in downtown Vegas, and the the sheriff goes, "There goes that son of a bitch and saboteur." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Great line. Yeah. Good line. Kind yeah. of a sad movie. It's kind of it's kind of sad. Yeah. Because it's the end of end of Connery. End of it's an all era. downhill. It's downhill from here. So next is going to be live and let die. Well, you know, you say it's downhill. I don't disagree with you. It is, it is downhill, but don't you feel like there's an uptick uh, with Casino Royale, the real Casino? Oh Royale? yeah, yeah. Well, and and live and let die was live actually and let die was good. Some of the you know Roger. There's good things about Roger Moore. Do you remember it, the first Bond film that you saw in the theater, or the first Bond film that you saw when you were cognizant that? Oh, yeah. there's a new Bond film coming Octopussy. out. Yeah, it was, was Octopussy. It Oct- yeah, me too. Me so too. I was 10. 10 years old, Octopussy. I remember that. I remember talking about that with friends at school. I, but the most vivid memories I have of any Bond movie, that like, and I, I can tell you why this was, and we'll get to this. It's, it's a movie number 15, A View to a Kill, with Christopher Walken. Right. I think I saw that movie... A lot because I think it was on HBO and it was like one of those things they would show HBO would get a movie and they'd show it like every single day, twice a day for a month or two. I think I watched it every time I could that it was on. And I still remember scenes from that movie where they're in the blimp and they've got the model and they they say the guy, thanks very much. And you can go head down and he starts walking down the steps and then the steps flatten out into a slide and he's, oh, he slides right out of the, the blimp. You remember that scene? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I'm actually looking forward to the Roger Moore time period. Yeah. I get into the to Roger Moore. He's yeah. not he's not Connery's my favorite Bond, of course. Right. But the whole the whole concept of of Roger Moore, this feels like the Bond I grew up with. Right. Not not the Bond I feel is the true Bond, but the Bond I grew up with, which is yeah. different from from Doctor Who where Tom Baker is both the Bond I grew up with, I'm the Bond the doctor I grew up with and the one true doctor. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I can I can imagine Roger Moore in Diamonds Are Forever. 
I could yeah. imagine this. I could imagine this is the Ezra. I could imagine it would be different in certain ways, but How I can imagine. How old was more when he when he started doing these things? Uh, I don't know, but he's two years older than Connery. Yeah. So they replaced Connery with an older actor. Yeah, it's weird. And it was clearly meant to be continuous. You know that it, you know that he was the guy that Roger Moore was the guy who you know beat Goldfinger and yeah killed Blofeld and. Uh, but I could imagine him in this movie, and I couldn't in any of the other, in the previous Connery ones. Like, there's something about the the way that they started writing these movies that that they stood. You know, this was the 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 beginning. You know, it's like a new era in this. It's like the '70s were a definite break in the way that the movies were. Yeah, like a, these cockamamie second halves. I can totally imagine Roger Moore in it. Yeah, I could see that. I think the scene that he would have the that would have been the worst with Roger Moore and it would have been the scene where with the Mets where he was pretending to be the Geiger counter reader guy. I don't think I think Roger Moore would have made that seem silly, whereas Roger whereas uh, Connery, I don't know, somehow he made it seem cool. Good bond. All right, so homework for next week. You can't get this on iTunes. So where do, where should people go to get this? Oh man, they can't even get it on iTunes. Is that true? Yeah, I'm looking at my list here, and uh, Live and Let Die, not available on iTunes. Christ, I guess you got a Netflix it? Are we going to... No, you can't Netflix. Oh, you mean like legitimately at Netflix. Right, you're going to have to rent the disc. You're going to have to rent the DVD. Or can you buy it? Yeah, or buy it. Yeah. Is it available on Blu-ray yet? See, I'm only buying them if I can get them on Blu-ray. I think maybe it is on Blu-ray, but Diamonds Are Forever is not. Yeah, I guess I'll have to buy it. I don't know. All right, so that's your homework. Figure out a way to get it and uh, and tune in. We'll be back Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. All right, I got to run. I got to do this uh, this next show. All right. All good. right. Have a good one. Have a good week. Yeah. Take Talk care. to you soon. Bye. Bye. Tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs>